my why is really just, um, man, God is good. He's so good. And as you walk with him more and more, you realize how good he is and how much I missed him before and, and how much I need him. And, and when I look at the world, especially in Silicon Valley, it's 2, two to 3% Christian and professed Christian. So who's really Christian? I don't even know. And, um, and you look at everybody, everyone's hurting. Everybody's hurting, even, even in the room. Everyone that even knows Jesus, they're, they're all hurting. They're hurting, they have no solution. So I look at them and I'm like, man, they all can benefit so much from knowing Jesus. Welcome to the 9 to 5 podcast, conversations with Christians about lives of faith, integrity, and excellence at work. They are from Christians in Commerce, a ministry supporting and encouraging men and women to be Christ in the workplaces. We hope you enjoy this episode. This episode is part two of a panel discussion from our Coworkers in Christ gathering on October 5th, 2018. The conversation was moderated by Roy Tinklenberg, founder of faithandworkmovement.org. The panelists, in the order that you will hear them, include Jeremy Jameson from ExxonMobil, Ben Lawrence of Ameriprise, Nick Kim from Google, and Mike Russell from Medtronic. The panelists are representing their personal perspectives and not those of their companies. We continue the conversation with Jeremy Jameson from ExxonMobil, discussing how workplace groups can break negative stereotypes about Christians. You know, I think it's, it depends on your mindset. If you come into the office thinking that, oh, I'm going to you know, save someone today or I'm going to evangelize the people today, if you, have, if you don't have the right priorities, sometimes it doesn't come off the right way. And so something that we do in general is we think about relational equity. You need to have like, the reputation built amongst colleagues before you go and try to push things on them because especially these days, people don't want to be sold any with anything. They want mm-hmm. to accept it. And especially when you think about the way that Christ was serving, he just walked around and talked to people and they were following him. And he had that super deep and dense relational equity. So with us, I think it's, it's that we don't think that we're this separatist group, or we don't think that we're some elite group, that we are all human beings. We're all bought with a price, and we're all children of, of God. Mm-hmm. And so we build that relationship, and then as we have that relational equity, we can then just start having those good conversations. And then it's very easy to start bringing up church. Like, oh, how was your weekend? Oh, good, I went to the game. What'd you do? I went to church. Boom, it's done. Yeah. So it's, not, it's not really that hard, but mm. getting to that point of getting deeper than that is where you need that relational equity. Right. Yeah. Well, and, right. and to that, that point as well, and speaking of happy hour, um, when, you're, when your coworkers are going to happy hour, why not buy the first round for everybody and, and actually be generous, right? And be generous not only in, in, in giving or, or paying for things, but in getting to know somebody's background, your, you know, your Muslim friends, like, both our networks, I think, are kind of on the same vein as far as uh, reaching across the aisle. Um, but you, you, we really want to get to know people and have a relationship um, because that's really what it's all about. Yep. I, we want to spend eternity with these people. It's not we don't want to just you know hmm. convert and be done. It's like no, I, I want to know you for eternity. <laughs> you know, hmm. I want to n- introduce you to the Savior, um, and and have a real relationship, not just a an interaction or a transaction, right? So I think that's... Yeah, and to add to that, I, I think if you have the right heart, I think that's what you're going to lean towards. And if your heart is one of performance or let's see how many people I can convert, then obviously you're going you're gonna to go down a path that's not going to be so fruitful. But if you go with that loving heart, like how can I love this person right now, you're going to lean towards relationship. You're going to naturally bend towards that way. 
And once you do, then you can have a chance to share, wait, this, because, of I, because I have this relationship with you, let me share the relationship I have with God. And then that's when things become fruitful. But if you try to sh cut corners, if you're trying to um, just convert, um, then obviously uh, your heart might be in the wrong place. But if you are um, kind of like grounded in, in who you are, and man, we're just meant to love. We're just meant to love people. How can we love these people? Um, then things just seem to work. So um, I'm going to throw two questions at you so that we can kind of get them both out there. But um, you can choose which one to answer. Um, like, what is your why? Why do you want to be part of a workplace ministry group? Why do you want to start a group like this? Why do you want, you know, what's, what's, what's your why? What's behind it? What's your motivation? Um, and um, the other question is just kind of an open-ended question, like, if you could give advice to anybody here that might be interested in doing what you're doing in their company, what recommendations, what advice would you want to give them? What, what would you want to share? Yeah, I can start. So I'll take the, the, the latter. The, the advice I would give, because, because we're an established group that's pretty successful in terms of getting company funding and, and getting, getting company recognition, the, the, the advice I'd give is, uh, work with your HR partners. They tend to be, uh, um, uh, they can be uh, a detriment or a barrier if you don't otherwise reach out to them. And if you, but if you're, if you're honest with them and you, and, and, and they understand where, where, where you're coming from and that it's, it's meant to be as part of, HR wants us to bring our whole self into work. And, and there's no better way to do that than to be able to express my faith at work. And, and so I, I think that through that lens, once you start to get that type of support within the organization that's not, we're not threatening, but in fact, this will benefit all employees, not just those that are Christian, but everybody. Uh, it, it, it goes a long ways towards, towards building um, um, a lot of momentum. So mm -hmm. that if, for those of you that are looking to do something like this in an organization, just get advocates in the company and, 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 and explain why you're doing it. And, and it's not, again, not meant to be a threatening um, uh, group. It's meant to be uh, benefit everybody. Yeah, I think that's, that's key, crucial. I think Paul was talking about psychological safety and how that improves productivity. And um, if people feel like they have to hide their faith and they don't have advocates in the company, you know, then... It, it's going to actually be to the detriment of the company. But when people actually can have a sense of psychological safety as a believer in a workplace, it actually is going to improve the bottom line for the company as well. Um, so, yeah, great. You guys, we'll just keep going and we'll give Nick the last word. So, Jeremy, just. Yeah, um, I'd like to try to answer both real quick. Um, so, I think uh, as far as my why, I could go back to how I was raised, but I think one of the most important things. So if you ever read A.W. Tozer, he wrote one of the books, uh, The Pursuit of God. And one of the things he said in there is that you can be, oh, you can over-exaggerate many things in life, but you cannot over-exaggerate your obligation to Christ. And so when you think about that, how in debt we are mm -hmm. to God and what he has put us here on this planet for, like it only makes sense to spend every single second trying to serve God. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't make any sense for us to go to work and to not spend one waking moment thinking, man, how can I do this for God? And I think a lot back to George Washington Carver, if you read any of his stuff about how he was mm -hmm. raised, everything that he did, he was like, how do I do this to the best of my ability? 
and everyone knows him for the peanut, but he didn't even touch the peanut until he was 40 years old. <laughs> he did tons of stuff before that, but everyone knows him for that one thing. And so when you think about how you can use everything to glorify God, just simply picking up a rock. How can I use my body better? How can I do this to glorify God? He gave me a body to be able. I can walk. There's people that are not able to walk. How can we do everything to glorify God? So my why is because we are so indebted to Christ, and he has allowed us a life on this earth. And I would say as far as advice, you know, because a lot of times I think we, we ask, well, am I supposed to be here? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Well, I think if you ask yourself, are you pursuing God? Are you doing biblical things? Are you following what God is calling you to do? And is the Holy Spirit living in you? Then yes, you're where you're supposed to be. And I think you just take advantage of that and just take the next step and keep moving forward. So I think the advice is if, if we're questioning if we're supposed to be here or not, ask, are you pursuing God? Is what you're doing biblical? And are you being led by the Spirit? All right, stop asking the question and move forward. Because sometimes we get, we get stuck in this grit. And we're like, I don't know, I don't know. Just go, just go forward and pursue God. Yeah, my why is um, just simply I care. I care about the people I work with. I care about um, their families, their, their backgrounds, what makes them them. And I, I, want, I want to know them. And um, yeah, so I, that's my why. I care. And then uh, advice. Um, I think of like uh, three things like uh, geyser, planter, pruner. <laughs> and leadership to me is uh, we're a bubbling spring with eternal life welling up inside of us. And is that you with your coworkers? Um, and, you know, as a uh, planter, we, we plant seeds of faith and hope and mercy when we, when we talk to the people that we work with. And, you know, Leadership is pruning people and helping them get better. What do they need? And how can I offer something to them as a leader? So um, whether it's a established professional network or your one-on-one -on -one relationships, um, you know, abide in Christ and be, that, be Christ to them. Be that light so that they can ask you that question when they're ready to in that relationship. So, Yeah, my why is um, similar to Jeremy's. Um, once the truth of the gospel kind of hit me, and I, re and I recognized what I had in it, and like the, how wide his grace was, how amazing it was, and how the depths of my sin, and how that just immense amount of sin was just wiped away by what he did. Once that hit me, how could I not? How could I not share this with other people? And a fellowship or, or, or getting involved in a, in a Bible study at work, that's just a tool to, to expressing love that I've received. And it's just overflowing to a point where I can't deny it. So the why is, how could I not? Um, and I don't think, um, it, it wouldn't make sense for me to not. It would be quenching something that's inside of me that just wants to burst out. And so my why is really just, um, man, God is good. He's so good. And as you walk with him more and more, you realize how good he is and how much I missed him before and, and how much I need him. And, and when I look at the world, especially in Silicon Valley, it's 2, two to 3% Christian and professed Christian. So who's really Christian? I don't even know. <laughs> and, um, and you look at everybody, everyone's hurting. Everybody's hurting, even, even in the room. Everyone that even knows Jesus, they're, they're all hurting. They're hurting, they have no solution. So I look at them and I'm like, man, they all can benefit so much from knowing Jesus. So 
and, and I look at that need and I say, okay, if, if it means a fellowship, then great, let's, let's do that, let's build that out, let's see how that, where that goes. Um, if it's, um, you know, talking with a coworker when, when they're hurting, so be it, that, that can be an expression as well. So yeah, that, that's my why, and my advice would be uh, to pray. Uh, I think someone, there was a presentation earlier about, um, you know, you don't talk to a man about God before you talk to God about man, and that's so true. Like, everything starts on your knees, so I would just encourage everyone to just pray, and the Lord will lead, and you'll, you'll get a, an idea of the climate in your workplace, and you'll get an idea of what is the best way that you can love them, and that will come to you, and then you ask for partners, God will bring you partners, and I think that's the place that everything kind of springs forth from, so I'll just say pray. Amen. Let's take a quick break from the panel discussion. If you've been listening to our podcast, you've heard about our Working for Our Father series. ExxonMobil is one of the companies who have used this, and Jeremy attended the first session at the company. During our conference, we asked Jeremy to share his own experience. So we actually did the Working for Our Father series twice um, at our campus, and this is, again, employee-funded, employee-resourced. But the first time we did it was a couple of years ago. And I remember when they announced that they were going to have it, they sent it on an email blast to all those in our community. And I showed up to the nearest conference room that was going to have the event. And I showed up, and I wasn't expecting to see a conference room that holds 30 packed with 50. And it was standing room only. And I remember watching the material and never really seeing a message delivered like that before. And, you know, it's all these really great notes. I kept taking notes down. And that was the first time, I think, at our campus we had a good dialogue around how to live your faith at work. Then I remember leaving that event, and I was speaking to the one who was doing the moderation of the event and setting it up, and I said, wow, I cannot believe that we had all these people here. And he said, yeah, that was one of four conference rooms that were packed. And so we had four conference rooms that were packed full of people to attend this event. And it was really impactful for me to hear that, knowing that we do have a a community that is Christian-based, but also that people are engaged. And then we had some other events that happened throughout the year, and when Terry came to guest speak, it was at the end of an Alpha event. And when people were sharing testimonies after Terry's um, dialogue, we heard that some people said, you know, I really thought about leaving until I went through the Working for Our Father series. So there were people that were considering leaving um, because it is a very competitive environment. Um, it's a very uh, just high demand. And so I can understand how people get really stressed. But when they see that it's a different purpose for why they're there, it completely changes what they're doing um, their role for. And then the second time we did the Working for Our Father, it was specifically for the young professional Christians. And uh, it's really neat because I think as you have a lot of new hires that come into our corporation, um, they tend to not know what it looks like to live your faith at work. And so for us to have that for that specific group, they were blown away by how you could change what your focus was in order to not only build God's kingdom, but also to do your work well. And so we saw some really great dialogue from that. I think everyone really benefited from the the small group discussions. Um, So we were really excited to go through the content, and um, I think the whole Christian community can benefit from that in general um, where I work. And so, yeah, I'm just thankful that we have the Working for Our Father series because it definitely helps, I think, even just individual cases where someone might have thought about leaving. Now let's return to the conclusion of our panel discussion. So we got five minutes left, and so 
I'm going to throw a question at you. What's your big, hairy, audacious goal? What's your BHAG? Like, what, what, would you, what would you like to see God do if God were really to work through your workplace? What would it look like? What would... Um, and how, because if you say that, basically that becomes a prayer request for everybody else. Man, I want a revival in Silicon Valley. 2%, let's make that 2% non Christian. And just, if you got all these people, so many, so many influencers, um, so many companies that have so much reach, um, imagine if they were operating from a place of love, of knowing Jesus, not just love in general. Because everyone throws around this term of love, and I don't even know what it means anymore. Um, but to me, love is helping people see the love of Jesus. And if people were operating from that standpoint, imagine how we could affect the world. Yeah. Last word? Ben, keep going. Until until I get the stop sign, I'm going to keep giving. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, just authentic fellowship and simplicity in our relationship with Christ. So like you were saying, like, just be real with Christ and, and pray real prayers, not lofty prayers, but just humble. Um, what, what are your needs? And, um, and then we, we do that when we're in an authentic relationship with Christ, an authentic relationship with one another. Um, that's where real growth happens. So I just want, that's my desire is that people would have that relationship with Christ and one another. Yeah, I'd say uh, the stretch target um, for our Christian community would be to, to become an employee resource group and to have huge leverage and to increase our numbers um, and double them within the next five years. I think that's a target that the core team has set, and I think it's possible, uh, but I think it does take a lot of prayer. So I would appreciate if everyone was praying for us specifically for that because that would be very, very helpful. Um, so I would say becoming an ERG and then reaching 2,000 within the next five years. We're, we're just starting um, a program. Uh, we're, we're starting it within our group, and then we're going to reach out to all the other groups in Medtronic to raise money within the Medtronic community to fight homelessness in the Twin Cities. And you know, uh, it, it's the, the, the big goal is just to go over the top with this thing and, and see how much money and momentum we can, we can uh, raise and, and just make this a... Uh, you know, a huge event within the company. So ask for your prayers as we go on this journey. We've just started within the last few weeks and we're, we're gonna try to make it a big, a big event. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You'll want to check out our website at workingforourfather.com. It's constantly being updated with new content to support you and others in living your faith at work.